Welcome to another episode of Sports and Songs Podcast. We're your hosts, Dan and Andy. Today is April 4th, 2022, Andy. And uh, we're on season three, episode number 21. How are you? I am good. I'm on assignment. You're on assignment? In, yes. In Monterey, Mexico. You're out of the country. Can't tell you what the, the secret is, but coming up in the next month, you'll find out. But on assignment. On assignment. I like it. I like it. You know, the, the staff here keeps us busy. Yes. I was able to go to the uh, Target Center for that semifinal game with uh, UConn and Stanford, and that was uh, tremendous. It was awesome. I posted some photos on on uh, Twitter and Facebook and put yep. together a little photo collage. That was uh, very good. I was able to go um, with the wife, and it was a fun time. Nice. You know, and I'll get to this later. I'm kind of impressed with the way the city took in the final four. Okay. They didn't kind of make it the Paige Becker show. They did, but they didn't, yeah. you know, I saw a lot of pictures of the other three teams doing stuff. It wasn't all Paige Becker. Right. They did a pretty good bias. Uh, they leveled it out. Very good. Yep. Uh, and it was fun. Exciting. A lot of people, a lot of young, um, you know, the, these uh, school-aged girls are all going to these events, looking up to their new idols and heroes, and it really is getting the momentum uh, for female sports here in the Twin Cities and all elsewhere. But it, they're, they're really looked up to as, as idols and uh, people they can look up to these athletes. And the U.S. women's team is here practicing right now, too. So, I'm sorry, what's that? The U.S. women's team is also in Minnesota practicing right now, well, too. they are. Yeah. Around the same time, this was a lot of – women female basketball things going on so it's really nice timing on everything there interesting because i think uh, you know don staley coached the women's olympic team right yes he was a head coach but anyway we'll get to that We're yes start off tonight april 4th national men's basketball division one tournament final kansas and and north carolina it's going on actually right now as we speak but we won't spoiler alert we won't say anything I'm not going to spoil we're not going to spoil it for anyone uh, it's it's going on right now. My trivia question, Andy, has to. Yes. Be that. If we got a chance to read it when we had the pre-production meeting earlier, but uh, North Carolina is, is is playing Kansas tonight for the national title. When the rankings were done for the year, the uh, there's a ranking that goes through. I think it's called the net ranking for basketball. It ranks all of the national uh, D1 basketball programs. There's 356 programs. Now this is different than the coaches poll. It's a little different than the coaches' okay. poll and the AP and the USA Today poll, but it's, okay. it's, it's in line with that for the most part. Okay. Kansas, when the final ranking was done, was ranked sixth in the nation. I think the uh, AP or, or coaches' poll, they were third. Right. But the question is, what was the final ranking for North Carolina? UNC out of Chapel Hill. What was their ranking? Remember, they had, they had nine losses. They were like an eight seed. Um, the only hint I can give is that they did not finish the year in the top 25. Okay. And so we'll get to the answer there midway through the show. But, Andy, you can take it away now with your sports, high school, and whatnot. Yes. Get my button here. Go over here. I hear sirens. No sirens behind me. That's not me. That's, yeah, that's not me. I'm all right, the NIT, we'll start with there. 
Congratulations, Xavier Musketeers over Texas, 73-72, a very nice game there. Xavier comes back in the second half. And are you sitting down, Dan? I am. The women's NIT champion. Yes. Never thought I'd say this. Yes. Congratulations to the South University or South Dakota State Jackrabbits. Go Jacks. Crushed Seton Hall. You look at the score by periods here, they did exactly what you do. They were had 25 by seven or 25 to seven, and they kept their foot on their throat and kept going. 15-11. 20, they just kept crushing them. That was a tremendous – that semifinal game also was very good. Uh, this group is good. They're, they're beating a lot of big schools. Now, here's the thing. The reason South Dakota State was in this tournament, they lost the conference championship to South Dakota. So they got kicked okay, to the NIT. So NIT, once again, they sent out their invites to the yep. – They finished uh, you know, first, but don't get the invite to the other, to the other tournament. Yep. So that's how they're allowed to get into some of these uh, schools that are very good, had a very good season. But just at the tournament, they get allowed to come in here and, and they do really well. 29 and 9 counting the playoffs, but they lost their conference championship game in South Dakota. South Dakota made a decent run in the NCAA tournament. Not going to poo poo that, but Jack Rabbits put up a big fight saying, uh, we should have been there too. So congrats. That was tremendous. Jack. These guys were awesome. Congrats to the Jack Rabbits. Okay, mark this tape because you won't hear us say that very often. March Madness. It's a big tournament, as some call it. As we say, the, the big game's going on tonight. Some people say the big game was a couple days ago when uh, North Carolina retired Coach K and Puke, but which was a beautiful game. That was a beautiful thing. Kansas just had their way with Villanova. I can't believe it handled them that easily. But Kansas, North Carolina is your championship game going on. We'll follow our social media tomorrow morning. We'll have pictures and results and reports on that. The gals played last night. And South Carolina is your 2022 national title, uh, 64-49. From what I saw, and no offense to the teams who played, it wasn't that close. South Carolina just came out early, made UConn their uh, – well, you know. Yes, I, I watched the game, Andy, and, and it was right from the very beginning. It was like 11-2 to two off the bat. Right, right off the bat, um, they had to pedal down, and they did not let up. And it was their defense. I mean – stifling defense congrats to the Gamecocks they uh, well deserved it number one team the whole season they were one one in the the polls and they kind of did what we said about baseball remember last year baseball season started we said if you could put it together a 10 game winning streak or more you'll make the playoffs just play 500 after that a lot of teams did that basketball is kind of saying if you get score 10 12 points in a row and shut the other guy out you'll win they kind of did that. They were 11 to 2 to start the game and won by 15. So, and they got to start and just coast times, it. UConn got within six points. Yep. But right as they got that close, then South Carolina came back and, and had a run of their own. So, they never never had any momentum at all. Yeah. I mean, Coach Gino just, you can see the look on his face on interviews in between timeouts of that. He just had no idea what to do. And he's, yep, he's a great have, coach. He was they're going to use this game for tape. For next year to play UConn because they did exactly precisely what they need to do to shut them down. Paige Beckers was, was shut. They, they couldn't get anything going. Yeah. It was not just her. It was everybody, it was the whole team. It's not like, well, if you shut Paige down, you'll win. Not if you can that to the team. Their senior captain had two points. Right. And their other freshman phenom rookie had three. I mean, they, they, 
people couldn't get any shots off whatsoever. So yeah, Gamecocks, tremendous season. If you like textbook basketball and you can put your your favorite teams aside, this was a great game to watch the way North Carolina or South Carolina did it. So, which kind of brings me to my soapbox a little bit. We mentioned earlier about the whole page Becker how they did a pretty good job not mentioning her too much. They mentioned a lot of those page. She is from Hopkins. I get it. Local gal does good. I don't. And I just don't want people to say the media pressure got to her because, like we just said, the whole team folded. It's not like Paige was – they were in her head and the other teams, rest of the team was clicking. Paige and the whole team was just off. So let's not blame it on her reading her own press clippings and being taken away from media stuff and not being at practice. The whole team just was tired, I think. I don't know what the deal was. They were just not there. They did not. They look like they're outmatched and overmatched to begin with. They did not look yeah. confident at all. So before we and go, you're right. Ahead. It wasn't Paige. It was the whole team couldn't yeah. get anything going. And, and so it is what it is. Saying, some people say, "Well, this is Paige's way," because when COVID hit, she couldn't get a state title run. Well, funny. Here we are, Target Center, same building where the tournament would have been. But you know what? How many great players we've seen come through, lead their team, and not win the state title because it's a team game. So I'm kind of glad in a way there's not that what ifs with Paige. It's like, oh, she won here. She would have won the high school one too. No one's going to bring that up. They're kind of letting it go because it was a COVID thing, not a injury thing, why she didn't play in that. Um, but just before you start ripping on Paige and not handling the, peer, uh, the media pressure, the whole team folded. So, And that's not me defending Paige. That's just being an unbiased reporter I am. Timberwolves, now these stats were done as of last night because of traveling things and appointments today. Games played late last night and today could be affected us, but not really. With the NBA playoffs and their plans, the Wolves are the seventh seed right now, meaning they, if they lose, they could still win and get in, or they could win in their, the seventh seed. If they lose and win, they're the eighth seed. So either way, there's only a handful, I think three, four games to go. They're in the playoffs because of the way the rankings are. They're not going to drop. They could hopefully jump up to six, but that's you need a lot of stars to align for that. Um, and that's the best part right there is the Lakers right now are out of it. That does my heart good. Wow. Minnesota Wild, same type of situation. They're still sitting in the same spot they are for the playoffs holding that two seed in the West, which gave them a good round, good seed in the beginning. They got a couple weeks of games to go yet. Come against St. Louis, so we'll see if they could uh, hold on and hold true. Uh, St. Louis does have one more game played, but we got four wins on them. They got points because of overtimes. And don't ask me to explain because I'm really not positive on hockey points. Every time I think I got it figured out, they change something. High school baseball started this week. I think there's been like four games played. The rest have been postponed because fields are mud. So just to get you refreshed, here is last year's state winners, state champions from last year. Class A, Hayfield over New York Mills. Class 2A, Glencoe Silver Lake over Belle Plaine. Or Matamidi over Grand Rapids. And Farmington again over Park and what was an awesome game for 4A. So those were your teams last year in the playoffs. Keep an ear and eye open on those. We'll see how they come this year. 
Beeves, Beef Baseball, um, NSIC. The Beeves got a solid grip on last. Um, I don't think anyone's going to take that from them. But you look at the top, Augustana, Minnesota State, uh, Concordia, St. Paul, Minot State, and St. Cloud are top teams, all with long winning streaks going right now. So if you get a chance to see any of them play locally here at Concordia or St. Cloud State, um, give them a shot. Or Southwest Minnesota is not doing well. But you want to go see one of those better teams. Those are fun teams to watch. Go give them a look-see. And here's the games coming up for, for uh, Upper Iowa for two, then Sioux Falls for three, uh, the two in Iowa, then three up in the Bemidji. Bison baseball. Here's the Summit Valley standings as of right now. Bison are in first, five and one. Oral Roberts, who's been the power in that conference for a few years, except last year the current champ is North Dakota State. Now there's kind of an asterisk there. They won the championship two years ago. There wasn't one last year because of COVID, so they are still technically the defending champs. Yep. I don't care what team it is. I'd still call them the defending champs if there wasn't a tournament that year. So you got the Bison in first. ORU and Omaha second. There's the Jackrabbits fourth. Northern Colorado, St. Thomas, and Western Illinois. The S is silent. Illinois. Um, again, good teams to go see. If you had a chance to go see St. Thomas play, they're good. Not on that, but they're, fun. they're a good team to watch. Speaking of schedules, now here's where it gets exciting. The Bison played here at Minnesota at the Gophers. And then three against the Tommies. That uh, will be up in Fargo. Now you see, oh, they got the game against the Gophers. Oh, that's too bad. No, not really. They beat the Gophers earlier this year. So uh, that's big game tomorrow night, 4 o'clock, Bison Radio. And Big Ten Plus, if you get that. If not, again, you go to Bison. You can their website, gobison.com. You watch, listen, and get live stats. Hmm. Speaking of said Gophers, them and the Beavs have a lot in common. They're kind of hanging on to the basement of the conference. Um, not the last couple of years have just not been it for the Gophers for baseball. Usually they're pretty competitive. Coach Anderson does a good job. The last couple, three years just haven't been it for the Gophers. And here's their upcoming games. Like we said, the, the, the Bison, the Maryland, and they play St. Thomas. So that should be some interesting, fun games to watch there. NCAA baseball. Here's the rankings as of March 27th. A lot of changes. I see Old Miss dropped to number 10 from number one. Tennessee and Arkansas up there. Um, I was reading this week the Vanderbilt Tennessee games. Now, granted, I'm not talking front row and front row comparable, but just best seat compared to worst seat. Tickets for the Vanderbilt Tennessee game were going for more than tickets at the NCAA Final Four. Really? Yes. Would I lie to you, Dan? Would I lie to people about baseball? That is amazing. And and did no, they 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 the front row baseball seats and nosebleed basketball, but still. Wow. That you hear about how big the college playoff games are. No. These Vanderbilt, Tennessee, that conference, if you can watch the SEC games on ESPN or SEC network, or you can catch them on YouTube or whatever, that is some awesome baseball people. You gotta watch that. I'm a big Vanderbilt guy. Just I don't know why. I just like them for some reason. Some of the players are pretty cool. I like the pitching staff. 
We see they dropped from four to nine because, well, they lost to Tennessee, who jumped from five to one. And look at all the ranks, previous rankings. Wow. One, two, three, four were five, three, six, and ten the week before. Texas Tech dropped, jumped from 16 to seven. Hmm. Unlike college basketball, where you lose two in a row, and depending who you are, you might drop one spot. Baseball, you lose, psh, done, end of the line, start over. So I guess that's what kind of makes baseball fun in their playoffs, too, the way they can jumble around like this. College World Series is wide open. Which brings me to a stat I saw. Over a 105-year period from 1911 to 2016, University of Texas had four head coaches. Billy Dish had from 11 to 39. Bib Volk from 40 to 67. Cliff Gustafson, 60 to 96. And Augie Gordado, 97 to 2016. David Pierce took over the job from Tulane. He's their fifth coach when he joined him in 2016. So from 2011 to today, 2022, 111 years, five coaches. Jeez. Five. Now, comparable, look down down below for the, for the ghosts. Siebert was from 48 to 78, George Thomas, 79 to 81, and John Anderson still there from 81. Hmm. So from 48 on, we've had three coaches. If you look back and do the math, they've had four at Texas since 48. So I think we're doing better. I'm going to take the homer state on this. We're doing better than them. Wow. So, yeah, those, there's two schools if you, if you want a long-lasting job. And, and George Thomas was there two years, 79 to 81. So, really, it's been Siebert and Anderson since 48, with the exception of a couple years in there. One NFL thing I want to bring up, I saw this today on the social media. You know we're not – oh, me anyway. I'm not a big Viking fan. I really never have been. But this made me proud to not be a Viking fan. NFL teams have the most arrests since 2000. The Vikings oh. lead the NFL with 55. Okay, now I haven't seen this. That's awesome. Look at that. The top, all 32 teams. Vikes are number one, baby. And the arrests since the new millennium. Now, by, Tennessee. By active roster guys. Yep. Does this include coaching staff, too? Uh, NFL teams, so I'm going to say yes. Um, You know, Where's the Raiders? They're at 22nd. See, because what it is, you go to the Raiders once you're on probation and already been arrested. The Raiders get a bad rap. They got a lot of guys on probation, but they weren't arrested as a Raider. Yeah. There's the Tex- Texans at last who just had their quarterback. Well, we're not getting into that. But... <laughs> wow, that's so there interesting. There you go. That's Number a great one stat. But Denver's on their heel at 54. Is there fantasy – Games you know, for this? Fantasy, you know, the Bengals had this t- this lead for the longest time. The Vikes came up. You know, is there a fantasy criminal record? I wish I knew somebody you know, who was a one sheriff. overall pick. You'd have to pick the Vikings. God, I wish we knew somebody who was a sheriff that could look that stuff up for us. But that'd be very that'd be very good. Yeah, just pick a team as other players. Like my team will get more rests than yours. <laughs> that's a great uh, great profile. Uh, yeah, that's right. Thanks to whoever put that together. Yeah, that's a lot of work. The Mets, not not a good day in Metland. The ground underwent an MRI on Friday. The doctor alerted the Mets and the trainers of tightness in the back of his right shoulder. Okay, he's going to be out four to six weeks. Then he's got to start rehab again. So it's going to be a while before we see the ground back out there. The only thing I got to say on this is 
I respect the Grom on this because he didn't try to tough it through and make it worse. Some people are saying he's a crybaby going, oh, I'm hurt. Okay, he's out for eight weeks. He's He didn't have a hangnail, okay? So his contract's up this year. Now, now the big question was, okay, two years in a row. And he's going to get that injury-prone label. How much do you sign the ground for? Does he re-sign with the Mets? Do you re-sign him? That, that's the big question. Why did you get rid of Syndergaard? Don't get me started on that one. Interesting. This guy you got instead, Max Scherzer, hamstring issues, and he's had up for a while. So now he's going to be out for a little bit. So our two big pitchers, DeGrom and Scherzer, neither one will be our opening day starter. They always say, never have enough pitching. Yep. Now, here for the Mets schedule, August 27th against Colorado Rockies, old-timers day. Why would I mention this, Dan? Yes, why? Because, whoops, Bartolo Colon is coming back for old-timers game. To hit. Look at that extension, Dan. That's off his. That's a still picture from his home run this year. Look that's at that extension. Shot. Look at the arms. He's beast. I mean, if it wasn't for the hair, I thought it was you for a second. Looks like. It looks like Frank Thomas. Yeah. <laughs> or a right-handed or a, or a Cecil Fielder. Oh, man. But look at that leg extension. Look at the arm extension, Dan. That's that's how you draw it up. Bartolo, baby. No one does it better. That's how you do a big, sexy big going sexy. yard. Just going yard. So he'll be there for old-timers game. He'll probably be in the home run derby, I'm sure. So now, is just, he going to pitch or hit or do both? He's going to go, what's his name from the Angels? Otani on it. He'll do it all. Oh, he might even play third. He could play third, too. Do it all. That's going to yeah. be fun to watch. Now I know why he got that date circled. August 27th. August. Circle your calendars, fam. Yeah. A little minor league, the only minor league news I got here is here's the Mets affiliates um, that we'll be dropping names of every now and then. And this is the way minor league baseball works, and I kind of like it, and I don't. Triple A, double A, high A are all New York cities. Syracuse, Binghamton, Brooklyn. They got the St. Lucie Mets. They all kind of want to have their Triple A and the hometown team by each other, which is all fine and great for those 81 games when you're at home. You know, you figure the heartland of America, Kansas, Oklahoma, Missouri, that's where I want my minor league team. So no matter where I am, it's a two-hour flight. Yep. You know, that's me. But I can see their point for the home games for half of them. You're right down the street, which if you notice when a lot of teams make their roster moves or a lot of them, they do it when they're at home. Especially pitching ones, they can get them down for a couple of rehabs and back up. So listen for those names, the Syracuse Mets, the, the ponies, the Rumble Ponies. The Rumble Sac- Ponies. Yes. I think I know what I want to be for Halloween this year as a Rumble Pony. That's one of the best names in minor league baseball. Some more baseball news, just uh, this little factoid. Current players make more money than A's of their $33 million payroll this year. Max Scherzer. That Yankees there should be Mets with 43-3. Uh, Seager, 37 Mendon, 37. Garrett Cole, 36. And the Twins, Carlos Carrera, 
Now, another stat I saw back in 88, Oakland A's had the highest payroll in baseball, Dan. You know what that payroll was? 33 million? 33 million. It was. The exact same payroll it is now. And you know what? We'll be sitting here in September, and we'll be talking about the A's maybe making the playoffs. They just always seem to be in that conversation. I'm not saying they're going to, but somehow, smoke and mirrors, their name will be in that conversation. Mark this tape, mark this time. They're going with the youth movement, but they the got youth. some talent. You never know. A couple Inexpensive of talent. Yep. Someone wants to drop payroll later on and you have a veteran in there, you never know. Interesting. So other stats here. Albert Pujols, who said this is his last year, is at 679 home runs. Does he get 35 more in past Babe Ruth? You know, he gets 17 more. He passed, he ties A-Rod. I would know. think that'd be about it. Yeah, he'll might pat, but if he's if he's at 710, does he play one more year? That I think's a, a valid question. And I it, mean, as much as he said this is his last year. And you look at it, this will be his 22nd year, so we have as much as A-Rod and Babe Ruth, now that like he played forevermore. So everybody goes, oh, Hank Aaron played one more year than Babe Ruth. Well, he didn't hit 41 home runs that one year either. And if you look at these stats, there, there's a scary number on there you don't see, you don't think a lot. Look at Babe Ruth's career, 136 triples? My God. A-Rod only had 31. <laughs> Ken Griffey Jr. had 38. You know, 136 for Babe Ruth. Now, granted, a lot of those games probably in the polo ground, stuff like that, those bigger fields were. Yeah. The ball rolled around and. Four, 440 to uh, the corners. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow. That's interesting, though. That's an interesting stat. Yeah. That does he, he's, you know, I mean, you know, yeah. could he hit 35? Pujols could. With the DH now, and he's back in St. Louis. I'd say he's at 33, 34 in August, September. You throw him some cheese? Kind of like the way Michael Strahan got the sack record against Favre, where Favre just fell down he touched him. <laughs> do, you, do, you, do you hang one to Albert? If you're down or up by 10 anyway, what the hell type of thing? Oh, that's interesting. That's a, that's a, convers- that's a fair conversation to have. For later in the year, if he's sitting at 30 home runs, you start, lack of better terms, you start lobbing him into Albert. I would say say he comes back and plays another year. But he's such a light enough guy, I could see people doing it for him. I'm not saying all year long. If he's he's earned it where he's like at 30-some and it's August or September, I can see a couple guys hanging him in there if the game's out of control. Wow. Strikeouts, Scherzer, like we said, he's a little injured, and Verlander coming back from surgery. Yeah, they're they're not gonna. These are they're eighteen and nineteen. Uh, top of the chart there is Phil Negro at eleven. I don't think they'll catch Phil. So they'll need over three hundred to do that, and I don't see that happening with those two. What's all those other names they could pass? Fergie Jenkins, Pedro Martinez, Kurt Schilling, CC Sabathia, and John Smoltz just not far out of reach for both of them. So wow. those two could be catching some numbers there. Look at Scherzer, fourteen years. Some of the other guys, 21 for Smoltz for those numbers. And granted, Smoltz, last few of those were as a reliever, whatever. 
And here's saves. I, this one kind of blew me away. Greg Kim, Kimbrell's quietly in 12 years got 372 saves. Kind of like Joe Nathan over 16 years quietly got 377. Interesting. It's never blew away anybody. It's kind of a, oh, here you go. So he's 18 and behind Eckersley. I don't think he'll get um, 50 to catch Billy Wagner, but he's only got 12 years in. Wagner at 16, so I could see him climbing up this chart. He's not going to go top three. Maybe he'll catch Lee Smith. He needs 100. He goes four or five more years, maybe. But you never know. He's quietly snuck up there, you know. Now, Eckersley, 24 years, but how many of those were a starter? 361. 361 games as a starter. I was 24 years. So, Ring of Honor, a little wrestling news. They had their Honor Glory wrestling, their first pay per view back after. I'm not going to go on the whole Ring of Honor card, just some of the big ones. Their main event, they unified their titles. Jonathan Grisham is now the Ring of Honor champion. Uh, very good wrestler. I really like him a lot. Uh, kind of interesting how he's always stayed in ROH, and his wife, Jordan Grace, is in an impact wrestling. How You see a lot of couples kind of getting on the same wrestling circuit now just for touring reasons and a lot of mixed match wrestling ticket sales things, but those two do well. They stay apart business-wise, and it's worked out for both of them. FTR is now Ring of Honor champs and also AAA champs. They own two belts. We'll see how that goes now. Plus, they're also wrestling in AEW, so we'll see how that turns. Tully Blanchard came out with his new Tully Blanchard Enterprises team since FTR fired him. Here's got Gates of Agony. He announced these two guys as his team. There's two fun-loving guys my daughter better never bring home. <laughs> and also Brian Cage, another, well, I guess if she brought him home, I'm not going to argue with him. But <laughs> So he's got those guys. Brian Cage has been sitting on the shelf for over a year with AEW under contract. So they kind of had this in the plans, I think. He wanted to go back to ROH. It was a big deal there at one time. Good wrestlers, all of them. Just There's only so many guys in ROH. So there's Tully Blanchard's new group. There's one old guy and three really big, strong guys. Concerts. Don't forget, Mike's got all your concert tickets down at Ridgemont Mall in the food court. Kind of hit a lot of different genres here now, Dan, because you never know. We're trying to branch out. We're better. Than yes. That. State Theater, July 23rd, Minneapolis. Lyle Lovett and his large band. Hmm. This Great is what I Lyle Lovett. If someone said, Andy, I got a free ticket, let's go, I'd go. That's about it. I wouldn't pay for it, but I'd go if I had a free one. Wink, wink. Good hint. For our friends, the Shaw Brothers, playing Friday the 15th, Good Friday, at Longhorns out in Lester Prairie. Also, Shaw Brothers will be playing the McLeod County Fair August 20th in Hutchinson. And if Hutchinson's too far for you to travel west, just go to Stifton's Fest in Northern America on Friday the 26th and see them there. Stifton's Fest, yes, there is beer involved. Yes. German beer. So just that's all I'm saying. Tesla with Vixen, July 12th at Red River County Fair. That's up in the Dakotas, if you're interested in that. Just remember that date, July 12th. We'll come back to that later. 
Travis Tritt with Aaron Lewis. Mayo Civic Center, August 12th. It's a Friday. Jackpot Casino. It's a school night, Thursday, May 26th. Skid Row, Warrant, and Quiet Riot. Great show. That would be fun. Now, granted, Skid Row, Warrant, Quiet, all have different lead singers now, but I think Rudy Sarzo is the only original member in Quiet Riot now. Um, Warren, of course, Janie Lane's passed, but the rest of the band is the same. I'm not sure what original members of Skid Row are left who are actually still part of Skid Row, but the new lead singer is doing well for them. They carry on pretty good. Treasure Island, Resort and Casino. Yeah, you're all singing the song between your head. Santana this Friday. Carlos, as I call him, more tight. Carlos will be there. <laughs> George Thurgood and the Destroyers, April 30th. Tesla, if you can't wait till July, June 24th. They'll be there. And Duran Duran, August 19th, 7 p.m. Wow. Duran Duran. Outdoors. When it's hot and muggy. Their hairstyles won't last. It'll be fun. Medina, our good friends at Medina Entertainment Center. April 23rd, the Rush Tribute Project, the Rush Tribute Band. And Lita Ford and Jack Russell's Great White, April 30th. And Planet Zero, My Shine Down is still your number one song. And that, sir, is what I have. My bit. So there you go. Vikings are number one in arrests since 2000. Go purple. Purple pride. Pride. That's an interesting stat. Yes. I have some uh, twins updates. Yes. Transactions and, and moves. You know, they start. The AAA starts tomorrow. St. Paul Saints on the road in Louisville. Louisville tomorrow. Season opener for Major League, Minor League Baseball Class A. I think uh, AAA, AA. They're all going. They all start. Yep. And so that starts tomorrow. We'll be giving some updates next week on uh, the results. They did send Jake Cave down to AAA. He'll be starting along with Jose Miranda uh, at third base, Jake Cave in the outfield. The only guy left is, I think it's Kyle Garland, is still in the hunt for that last outfield job. He's still on the major league roster, but they've got, I think, one more cut to make. So, um, We'll see how that goes. As far as Kenta Maeda's injury, remember starting pitcher yep. Kenta Maeda got hurt. He's out for a year. He started doing some easy throwing toss this last month, uh, end of March. Okay. He's slated to come back in September of this year. Okay. So uh, Twins, look for Kenta Maeda not to miss the entire season, but we'll be back in September. Look for a Labor Day sometime to start. Ryan's opening day starter still? Joe Ryan, yes. He cut his hair, did he? He cut his hair. He had long, shaggy hair. Uh, he worked for DeGrom for a couple of years. Not what happened. So we'll see how he does. He's uh, going to be a full-fledged rookie this year. He, he pitched a few times last year, but he'll be a guy to watch. Um, I don't think he's going to be an ace type of a guy, but in a couple of years, that guy is going to be good. But uh, so I'm good, this year. good season already this year. He should be good. I'm looking forward to these other guys. Um, as well. Um, I saw him at Wrigley this year, and he was on Team USA too, wasn't he, in the Olympics? Yes. Yep. So he's an Olympic pitcher. So watch him, Joe Ryan, 
rookie for the Twins. Yep, so he'll be getting in to watch. Very talented guy. We got him on the trade with uh, Jose Barrios, I believe. Yep. Yep. And so that's all I've got, I think, for sports. Oh, I got the trivia answer. Trivia answer. The question, once again, was uh, North Carolina's playing right now as we speak. Um, they're playing, who are they playing? Kansas for the Kansas. national championship game at the last ranking that was done by NET, N-E-T, similar to Coach's Poll, USA Today, and uh, Coach's Ranking, and AP, USA Today. Uh, the ranking for Kansas End of the year, they finished sixth after the uh, regular season was done. North Carolina did not make the top 25. What was their ranking at the end of the year? Remember, they're playing in the national title game. Now, I know you're not one of those clickbait guys who say they weren't top 25, they were 26. I know you're not that. You're not one of those guys. I'm not that guy. So I'm going to go way outside the box. I'm going to say 43rd. Nope, they were not the 43rd ranked team, but, but good guess. They were down there. They're ranked 31st in the nation. Oh, wow. North Carolina Tar Heels finished the year ranked 31st in the nation. Not in the top 25 at all. Now, keep in mind, I think the Minnesota Gophers finished 104th. Right. But going to see these Final Four women's NCAA, where there was four teams in the Final Four that were all in the top five ranked in the nation by the, when the season ended. Right. That was high-quality, high-caliber basketball. Here we've got an eight versus a, a one seed. So it's a six team ranked sixth against the 31st best team in the nation. Not that it's not going to be a good game. It could certainly be a great game. North Carolina is coming on strong, but boy, to be finished 31st and be playing for a title. Uh, they, you get hot at the right time of year and you can really do some things. You put together that six game winning streak. Well, and, and they're in that's such a tough conference. You know, they're Notre, Notre Dame's in there. Wake Forest, Duke. Yep. So they play tough ball all year, but they are the final. Duke twice. Yes. Now, here, here's a nice little fact, my anti-Duke fact. Coach Krzyzewski's first loss, first game, was to North Carolina. His last game at Cameron Indoor, lost to North Carolina. Last game of his career, lost to North Carolina. Wow. It's a good trivia question. All three big games. Hubert Davis, Coach uh, Coach Davis for the cart for uh, Carolina. One of few coaches who have a winning record against Mike Krzyzewski. Not that's, a lot of guys can say that. That's a rare feat. I don't care if it's in one season to have a winning record against the guy. That's pretty cool. Interesting. Well, let's hop right into the album of the week. Yeah, album of the week. Fire away, sir. Fire away. Album of the week, Billy Squire this week. There we go. Can you see that? There he is. Billy Squire, Don't Say No. Don't Say No is a second studio album by Billy Squire, released in 1981. It stands as Squire's biggest career album, including the hits Lonely is the Night, In Mm -hmm. the Dark, My Kind of Lover, and The Stroke. This album hit the top five on the Billboard album. And then after that, it remained on the chart for over two years. It spent 111 weeks on the tar- on the charts. 111 weeks. It's two years almost. Boy, you learn it's something new, Andy. You know, look, looking at this stuff. Uh, he recorded this in 1980, released it in 81. The Stroke was the first single, reached number 17. Was even a bigger hit when rock radio stations started playing. You know, he was he was a pop guy. Um. 
pop, yeah. hard rock and rock. But radio stations started playing that song and really got into the mainstream rock chart. Hit number three at one point. The song even dented the British pop, ch pop charts, rising to number 52. The video for The Stroke, almost as most of the music videos from Don't Say No uh, and the rest of the, the videos from this album, they're basically straight ahead performance pieces. There's no, there's no acting and there's no filming. It's, it's just guys on the, on the stage um, captured on video playing the song. And they all had very good music videos for this, but they're all very straight, uh, straight ahead. Basically featuring Squire on an arena stage. A lot of Billy's videos were staples on the brand new channel known as MTV back then, which also brought him increased popularity. A lot of, lot of rotation and airplay from Billy Squire's music video. He even did one of their Christmas songs one year. <laughs> um, the, the, the other thing here is Lonely is the Night. I mentioned that earlier. It's one of the top hits. He only released four singles from this album. Lonely, the night, Lonely is the Night became subsequently one of his signature songs despite not having a music video and not even being released as a single lonely in the night as the night was never released as a single. I didn't know that. Oh. Um, it was certified gold. It quickly went to platinum. Now there was no awards of multi-platinum certified prior to 1984. They just had platinum. So um, after that, they, uh, tracking his along with everyone else's at that time and he had three triple platinum this album went triple platinum on the cover of lonely in the night uh, lonely is the night is a playable track on the playstation 2 video game guitar hero encore and also it's on a guitar hero 5 and also rock band 4 here's the singles i'm sorry let me let me read off the uh, the songs here uh, in the Dark is song one. The Stroke is two. Eminem later, later did a cover of The Stroke. Also, Mickey Avalon did a cover of the song The Stroke. Song three is My Kind of Lover, also covered by Eminem later on. Interesting. I didn't know that either. Song four is You Know What I Like. Song five is Two Days Gone. Six, Lonely is the Night. Seven, What Do You Want From Me? Song eight is called Nobody Knows. It was a dedication to John Lennon, who was shot the previous year while he was writing this and recording this album. John Lennon was killed in 1980. He wrote the song Nobody Knows, dedicated to Mr. Lennon. Song nine is I Need You. Song 10 is Don't Say No, the title track from this album. Total length, Andy, 38 minutes for the whole album. Yeah. Once again, very common back then, two, three, four-minute songs. Not a lot of guitar solos, just boom in your face. Here we go. It's very simple. Billy Squire lead vocals. Lead guitar was Kerry Sheriff. Keyboards, Alan St. John. Bass, Mark Clark. And drums, Bobby Schwinnard. So here's the, here's the singles they released. was The Stroke, released in May of 1981. Then they released In the Dark. Then My Kind of Lover. And then Two Days Gone. So those were the, and that was only actually released in the U.K., Two days gone. UK only. So song, uh, three songs released. Before this, the album um, by Billy Squire was The Tale of the Tape. And then after this album was Emotions in Motion, which I think went double black. 
Right. Which that's what song everybody wants you can from. That was number one on the alternative chart or rock. Oh, that's right. US charts. That one made number one. Um, emotions, Emotions was a good one. And then Signs of Life album came out. Okay. Um, Rock Me Tonight was number one. Um, All Night Long reached number 10 on the, alter- on the American Rock charts, 75 on the big charts. But if you look back, um, some things I've, re- I've, I've read on YouTube, some things I've seen on YouTube, um, read because of the closed captioning on. The Rock Me Tonight video, first of all, it's your homework. If you haven't seen this video yet, stop this podcast now, watch the video, and then come back and listen to me and go, God, that Andy was right. In the video, Billy Squire is doing what the director told him. Not what he wanted to do for the video, but trust the director, he's going to make the millions. He releases the video, his, his concert sales fell through the floor. He couldn't figure out. At the time, early, early to mid-80s, because of the way he was portrayed in the video, people thought Billy Squire had the alternative lifestyle. Wow. Young men at that time didn't want to be seen with someone like that. So they quit going to his shows. They didn't buy his albums. They didn't want people knowing he listened to that. And so this is MTV once again that helped his career skyrocket. Well, the first video when this one came out related to his downfall. Like I said, they had him do one of the Christmas songs once. I I still love Billy Squire today. I was 14. I thought, cool. That's what people want. Okay, that looks kind of wrong, but okay. I'll let it go. And I, I still went with it. I still loved it. Then he um, had Enough Was Enough was album after that. And then Here and Now came out in 89. He did a song called Don't Say You Love Me. That, to me, is my favorite Billy Squire song. It's just a great song. I like a lot of Billy Squire stuff. To me, yeah. he's always kind of in that closet, you know, because of, of the video in the mid early 80s there. Everybody got mad at him. But having a brother older than me, he got me into Billy Squire before that. The Tales of the Tape. Just say no, don't say no albums. That's when I learned to love Billy Squire. Yeah, I grew up as a kid's MTV, but I didn't see the stuff in that video because I was 14. I was like, oh, a video. And I was listening to the song and not really paying attention to the things going on. Yeah, I was was 14. I was stupid. Okay. So I I thought it was a cool video. It's got guitars in it, got a guy singing. Cool. I like the song, cool. I did not see the, wow. He looks like he's, okay, I'll say it. I can't say it. If you're in Florida, you can't hear this, but I don't see him being gay in this video. People took it that way. Boy, so that's all it took. Yep, that one video, people just took it wrong. Down it went. And and he didn't know it at first. Also, he's going out, rock this concert, and there's like seven people there. You know, he's turning people away and all of a sudden this happens. So don't believe everything you see. If you knew Billy Squire before after music and also this came out, you should know better. Shame on you. Then again, I guess if I was 20 in 1984, the way the world was going, I'd have backed off too and not bought his albums or at least not admitted I'd bought his albums. <laughs> you know, maybe wow. not put it in the car with the windows down just in case, but I, I've always liked his music uh, ever since after then, too. He just kept going. 
So I'll be reviewing, I think, some more of, of his work in the future. I don't own anything from Billy Square, but I love his music, his top hits, his popular hits. You still hear them in the bars. Oh, yeah. To this day, you still hear those songs. Yep. And so, uh, don't, don't Say You Love Me from here and now. Tough. That's a good one. I recommend that one. Is there any Billy Squire tribute bands? Not on purpose. I won't be surprised if some 80s cover band plays some of his stuff, but there's no one out there going, hi, we're the stroke. You know, and, and if there is, I want to know where they are and go see them. That'd be kind of cool. But um, Billy Squire, um, okay, I'll say it. They're kind of, he's kind of like Night Ranger. Is he rock and roll? Is he pop? Is he hard rock? You know, it's just guitars and going and that that's what I like, that, that type of stuff. So kind of in between on the gray zone, but good stuff. Um mm-hmm. Popular guy, boy, I remember that too. Very influential um, watching his stuff yep. in, the, uh, in the early 80s. Liked his stuff. That's all I've got for this week. Anything else, Andy? Uh, no. Uh, next week is a regular program for us. And then for Easter, we're going to do a holiday special type show. Uh, like we do around the holidays, Dan's going to do a special USFL preview. Preview. And then uh, after Easter, maybe a little new format change, a little format change. A week of Easter after that show, you'll see it on our midweek stuff, what's going on. And then also we're going to have a uh, sending the link out on, on Twitter and the Facebook page and whatnot for our fantasy baseball. Yep, we're doing sports, and song, sports and songs, fantasy baseball league this year from the yep. fans and followers and listeners of the show. Fair one. If we can't get at least eight teams, the league will not be able to run. Um, it's just no fun that way. But even if you're not into, if you've always wanted to play, what better group than a bunch of non-competitive people to play with? Yep. Just for fun, to get family and friends involved if you want. Yep. Uh, kids too, whatever whatever works. Uh, yep. Good way to follow all the teams. No winnings, yeah. no entry fee. It's just going to be for fun. It's just for bragging rights. To shoot like I did say, the crap if you back win, and forth. If you do win, you have to come on the show and explain how you won. That's yes. it. All right. That That's sounds good. Have a good... Have a good week, everyone. Adios. Adios.